of the Confirmation Podcast from First Presbyterian Church. This is John Daniel. I'm happy to be back and hosting. Today we are talking about the themes of witness and mission. What does that mean in our faith as being Christians, uh, witness and mission? And then also we're going to talk about this ideal of compassion, a word that I'm sure and I know many of you have heard and uh, it's probably one you think about when describing uh, some people in your life, thinking about who are compassionate people and what does it mean in our witness and mission to live with compassion? Today, we welcome on the Reverend Leslie Lang from First Presbyterian Church, our associate pastor for Mission and Young Adults. Leslie, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, Leslie, I want to start just asking this question What is witness? You know, what, and, and what does witness have to do with our faith? It's a really um, appropriate question to be asking right now because we're in the middle of witness season. And so I've, I've thought about this before because I think the word witness sometimes can freak Presbyterians out, especially. Oh, yeah. But, you know, witness is a, an essential part of our faith because in witnessing, we are telling the story of Christ. We are telling people why we are claiming ourselves as Christians. Like, why does that matter in our life? And um, I love the quote that it's attributed to St. Francis of, you know, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. So witness doesn't have to be standing on the street corner with a megaphone, but it's showing people and witnessing through your actions, through the way that we love others, through the way that we live our lives. And it's showing that there's something about us that's different. There's something to witness being tied to this idea of evangelism. In our witness, we're called to evangelize. And that's a word that, I mean, in, in the common sphere now is like, you know, in some, in some worlds, I mean, we find ourselves evangelism or evangelical being a, a like almost political term. Right. Um, yeah. But at its core, I mean, this reclaiming of, you know, what does that word evangelism mean? It means to share good news. Um, Absolutely. And, and the way that witness can be evangelism. And as you're saying, not having to happen through words, not having to, uh, <laughs> the image of Bible thump, right? It's not, and it's not just trying to save someone's soul um, or pushing whatever your faith is on someone. It's it's evangelism and witness as a form of that, being that showing of love, not necessarily needing words, being done through action that is for the goal of of almost allowing the kingdom of God to continue to spread into the world. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That witness is is action more than anything. It's it's God's love being reflected through us, and that can happen in a lot of a lot of different ways, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, soon. I love this image too. I don't know if you know about this, um, but there's so LeBron James, uh, NBA player, mm-hmm. uh, now the all time leading scorer in NBA history, but he 
uh, when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers early on in his career, they did Nike did this whole large marketing uh, campaign where they had. I mean, it was in Cleveland. I think it was on the arena. But it's like this giant uh, banner in Cleveland with uh, LeBron doing his famous baby powder toss before the game and so there's like baby powder falling in there and it's in black and white it's it's the images of the, from behind him and it has his jersey's name and the tagline for nike is we are all witnesses hmm. yeah and so that yeah, kind of I, I always think of that now obviously it's nike's campaign to push shoes and, <laughs> and clothing but this idea of, of we are all witnesses so in First Corinthians, towards the end of it, which we studied in Bible study last year, you know, Paul is with this group of people who he came and shared the word of Christ and they were all excited and then he leaves and then they kind of just forget and their behavior goes back to living the way they did before. That's why there's a second Corinthians. Exactly. Yeah. They need another <laughs> reminder. But at the end of the chapter, he comes back and he's telling part of the resurrection story and it's part of his story. And he's saying, you know, well, Christ appeared and he appeared to many witnesses, including Paul. But I remember reading that last year and like really being struck by the fact that like, oh, yeah, people really saw this firsthand. Like, I think sometimes we think about okay, Christ's resurrection was 2000 years ago. We hear the story. We forget that there were physical witnesses there that encountered Jesus. And it was so powerful that they told the story and then other people tell the story. And so we're still part of that. We're still part of those people that didn't see it firsthand, but we're still witnessing to that amazing experience that somebody did see 2000 years ago. Yeah. One, and that doesn't get to us without those witnesses. I think maybe this is part of the evangelism aspect is like, we don't get to this point without those people who did witness it, who saw it. And told the story. Without, yeah, without saying something. So at some point it's like, does require words, but in your witness to faith or the way that God's impacted your life, I guess our telling of the story is, I I witnessed this through someone else. Like I saw someone doing this. And I want to share about that. Yeah. I mean, so I think like a witness is like yeah. a response. Right. It's like Ooh, you hear yeah, yeah, this yeah. story and you're like, now I want to act. Like I want to share this love with other people. And when they ask, you know, why are you doing this? Then we have the opportunity to say, because of my faith in Christ, mm-hmm. this is why I do X, Y, Z. There's a number of, I mean, and you started, you know, pointing to Paul as being one of the most notable witnesses in scripture, particularly to a life of faith, a following of the way, um, and a witness to the to the resurrection of Christ, um, or the resurrected Christ more so, mm-hmm. um, and the way that that is transformational. I think that that's what a lot of witness, when we refer to like witness and faith, is that it's it's something about us is transformed, um, we, and and it completely alters now based on that witness the way that we go about life, living life. Others, you know, another one that I think of. Um, in scripture of, of someone who's a witness or testifies uh, almost, that's another word that we think of yeah. when we think of witness, is John the Baptist. And we talk about when, when we did our Advent uh, sermon series, we talked about raising John the Baptist. So John the Baptist testifies to the light before Jesus even comes. But you think about um, in Jesus's baptism, Craig and I referred to, uh, referred to this in the first episode, but of it, when when Jesus is baptized and and comes out of the water, it is it is in that way. It's almost like baptism is a witness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sacramental, it's a sacrament, but it's a it's a witness in sacrament to God's right. claiming love over that, a that child. That visible sign. Yeah, it's a visible yeah. sign. And we're talking about action, but witness often takes on the form of visual. Mm-hmm. What are, the, are there any other people you think of in scripture who embody, when you think of this idea of witness in yeah. scripture? I mean, one of the stories, because we talked about this in Young Adult Sunday School recently, the woman at the well. Mm. So she's, you know, off by herself. She has this encounter with Jesus and she runs into town and she immediately tells everyone she knows. And this woman that had been ostracized from society then becomes a witness. Mm. Like people believe because of what she says and they go and see for themselves. They hear about what she says and then they're like, well, I want to go... see this and and be transformed so then they go so that's that's one that i think about that's their response yeah Yeah. of just like okay there's something different about her i want to go see what this is about um so that's one that i think of um in the gospel of john especially it's the women at the tomb that go back and proclaim they go tell the disciples they're the first ones they're the first ones there the first ones that go and proclaim that he's risen to the point where the disciples at first are like they don't believe they don't even believe it because they need to go see for themselves. But it's those women that are the first witnesses. So much so, I mean, like I think that that's a powerful witness because you know as we think about this idea of response, the two different levels of response to witness there that uh, you know, Mary Martha, they they encounter the resurrected Christ, and their response is is like the woman at the well, run and, and share the good news. Yeah. And ironically, the people in the disciples uh, who have spent, you know, most likely the most amount of time with Jesus in his life are, the, are in hearing even that witness. Thomas says, I will not believe until I put my you hands in his side. Yeah. yeah, I need I need that level of witness to believe. Um, and it almost makes me wonder sometimes if witness like what what is the right response to witness both our own witness and then others witnesses too like yeah. in, in hearing that almost secondhand account right. should it create something in us that we want to go like it's like okay now i gotta see it for myself or should like what i guess you know this more extrapolation but like what's the call then is is it more so that we should just believe upon hearing that witness yeah i think that's a good question and i think partly it's because thomas gets such a bad rap he does where like i don't blame thomas i don't blame thomas for wanting to have that experience for himself for saying you know okay i've heard this but i want to encounter christ myself and i think for all of us like we can hear that good news and be drawn in but we all want to be part of the story we don't just want to hear it but we want to like really experience it. For we want to live it too. Yeah, we, we want to live, live it, too. it too. We talk about response. We talk about wanting to live it too, wanting that for ourselves. Out of witness, drawing us into this idea of mission. What is what is mission? Uh, and it, as we these two words are often held together, as you mentioned, it being witness season right now at First Pres. Part of that is a highlighting of mission. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for us? Yeah. I mean, we just sang um, this week in our staff chapel, we, we sang the hymn, they'll know we're, quish, we're Christians by our love. And so to me, that's why they're so intertwined as part of our witness, like I said earlier, is a response. It's going out and acting out of that love 
and sharing that love through tangible action and the way that we care for others. To point to like things we actually do is mission at large, but I think it's important for uh, our confirmands and whoever's listening to understand the, that there's essentially two types of missions. We have the mission of the church, local missions, but even those are, are simply expressions or reflections of the missional activity that we are called to as the church by God. So in God's mission, God sent Christ in the spirit, Jesus in the spirit into the world for salvation. Mission is rooted in salvation and the church as the body through which Christ works to express that, to share that love. Uh, the theologian Daniel Miglior, he writes that mission refers to the calling of the church to participate in the missional activity of God by proclaiming the gospel to all the nations and by serving in the world in the name of Christ. What is what, So what does that mean for us that we're serving in the name of Christ? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important whenever we're doing any kind of service or mission work that we are making sure that we're not pointing towards ourselves, but that we're pointing... And reminding everybody that we are doing this in the name of Christ, that we're doing it for God's glory and that, you know, we are, we are now the hands and feet of Christ, but we are not there to be saviors ourselves. We are just a small piece in this much larger puzzle that God is ultimately overseeing and in charge of. And I was, I was uh, talking with one of our youth who had the opportunity to go on the uh, mission trip to the Dominican Republic one of the things that we talked about was this reality that you're going to do missional work um, in a in a country that and, and and with a group of people in particular who have immense medical need and just need it at large. There's there's this, I, I mean, sometimes it's, I I think of it as like this humorous irony of of the the disparity and need between those who are going and those who are there to receive, mm-hmm. uh, in you know, air quoting receive that there's this irony that that salvation is not just a one-way street or that Christ is not just working through those who are going to but there's the the power of mission is the truth that in both in in both parties in the in missional work Christ is working through both for the other right yeah that that mission mission at its best is about relationship Mm -hmm. and it's recognizing that we all have gifts and something to offer through God. It's not just, yeah, those that seemingly have the privilege or the, the resources. Yeah. The, the, um, and I I think that points perfectly to this idea for, uh, that Miglior talks about too, of saying the church's mission in that Trinitarian basis that I was talking about is that the triune God who lives eternally in mutual self-giving love wills to include all creatures in that communion of love. So mission itself at its core, both in in uh, the larger idea and in how it is expressed, is rooted in God's desire for all to be included in the community of love. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It, it ties into, you know, where we're going with with compassion is, you know, mission is reminder that every single person is a child of God, Yeah, that we are all connected to one another. We all have gifts to bring. And that's, that's really what the kingdom of God looks like. It's, it's recognizing the value of each and every person. That doesn't necessarily require us to 
travel great distances. No, not now, at it's all. awesome when we get to do that because we're exposed to the, the beauty of creation is that God has made us each in the Imago Day, and that because we are so different, that shows the, the just vast and beautiful nature of God, but that's also right in front of us as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that can be discovered that there is need in front of us, both in front of us and in ourselves. I think that that's kind of what I'm saying of like the the work of mission and the connecting um, of one another within that is so rooted in in our need, um, not just to feel fulfilled um, or to feel like we've accomplished something. Yeah, to feel good um, about ourselves. No, or, but but yeah. to discover something about ourselves. Going back to witness and the and the power. It's a missional activity. Mission should itself be transformational both for the church and for ourselves yeah, and for the communities that we build within that. Like recognizing we all have need. Yeah. There's always this, this hole within, within us that can only be filled by Christ. And in Christ's power for that doesn't, it's not like Christ sits there and says, now compare your needs and, and determine the, like the hierarchy of need. Yeah. Now there is I mean, the basic understanding of hierarchy of need, but when we, consider mission it's about filling everybody's got a need and you you know you don't (laughs) everybody's got a need and everybody's got a gift and and don't let that invalidate your need yeah yeah because we also have to be willing to receive from others i mean part of having a mission a heart of mission is recognizing that we ourselves are dependent on other people and need that grace and that love just as much as anybody else yeah We'll start transition us to having thought about witness, having thought about mission. Uh, I think the reason that we we kind of encapsulate this um, conversation around compassion is because it's clear uh, that the the need or the ways that almost like that that idea of transformation that I'm referring to is um, in the transformational work of witness and mission is transforming us into. A mindset, or I mean, all of it should transform us into the like-mindedness of Christ, like Paul says. Um, but what does that look like? It's compassion, <laughs> it's love, um, and living with with a, a a mindset of compassion first and foremost for um, for your your fellow person, but also for yourself. Yeah, uh, that that just feels pertinent. To yeah, lift up. I mean, I. I think a lot about the there's the text in Matthew 25 where Jesus, you know, tells people that, you know, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. And they they're like, when did we do that? And he says, you know, whenever you do this to the least of these, but really it's like whenever you treat anyone with compassion, you are doing that to Christ. And so it's hard. It's really hard sometimes, you know, we've got people we don't like, we've got people that are just difficult and to try to remember as Christians, like we are doing this to Christ, that the image of Christ is in this person we don't like is in this person that really annoys us. Like that's where compassion comes in. That's where we are able to hopefully gain more compassion because we have that, that lens to recognize their divinity yeah, yeah. Well, the divi- yeah, the the divine image within them. It's almost uh, that compassion feels like such a, or at least once you once you're 
living a life that is compassionate, um, that sounds easy, but I think the reality of, of a compassionate life is one with a deep amount of discipline and patience. Yes. It's not just like the warm and fuzzy feelings of like, oh, I just, I like being around this person and they make me feel good. A lot of times compassion is loving others and treating others with respect and care, even when you don't want to. Yeah. Well, and you know, that makes me think of one of the things that in that same chapel service we had uh, for our staff meeting this past week, it was on Valentine's Day. And so Alan, our head of staff, was talking about love and talking about his kind of homily he gives at at marriages or weddings. And the reality that, as he points out, is like marriage is where the hard work, like the wedding day. Love is hard. Love is hard. Like, and if love is hard with the person that, you know, in, in marriage that you're committing yourself to and saying like, I love this person more than anything in the world. If that love is hard, imagine the difficulty of, of living with compassion for that person. You just have total disdain for Yeah. You know, that I think that, and, and yet, yet that's what we're called to. Right. (laughs) And I mean, Jesus shows us that example over and over again, those people that were unlovable or cast out of society or were difficult for lots of different reasons are the ones that he reaches out to and shows love and compassion towards. And so, you know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow that example. It's easy to judge and condemn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot harder. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot harder to, to get the shovel and dig for like you're saying that divine image. Yeah. Because it's often hidden. I mean, it's a it's <laughs> from us. It's a lifelong us. journey, Good you know. Lord, it's yeah. it's that's the thing about um, about the Christian journey is like we're never done. We're always works in progress. It continues. The work continues. I, I you know another thing I want to point out because because the last two episodes we talked about uh, the the two sacraments of baptism and and the Lord's Supper is the reality that compassion is present in those signs. And those signs are the, are the two things that Jesus taught us to do, or, or told us to do, yeah. rather, um, in, the, in the remembrance. Um, and that, that there's compassion in the table. Compassion is present in hospitality, which we talked about. And compassion is present in the grace of God, which is, which is given as a sign through baptism. Um, that, that all that the sacraments are, are rooted in this idea of compassion and love. Um, yeah. themselves, that they are offered openly. Uh, and that's almost what compassion is, too, I think about, is like to live, or at least the one we're called to, is to live with this total openness, again, to God at work among us. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about the sacraments all day, but yeah. you guys already did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, communion, the Lord's Supper for me, that's one of the most powerful things, is that reminder every time we do it that all are welcome, that all are invited to the table, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you're at, that shows God's compassion. Like no matter how many times we screw up, God is saying, I'm going to meet you here and nourish you and continue to feed you with that love and grace. Yeah. Well, so you've been here longer than me at first prayers. I'm, oh, well, I don't know, uh, nine months, whatever, eight months. Um, and, but I've, I've learned quickly in that short amount of time, how much, uh, compassion and love is present within this congregation. Um, particularly as we, as we think about missions, uh, and, and the missions of this church that, that I want to 
kind of take an opportunity to highlight some because uh, I think it is also important as you know this is geared towards our confirmands who are ninth grade um, and and and, but I hope that there's maybe some people at large in the congregation <laughs> listening too. Uh, but out of this, want to encourage uh, our young people to not just see these missions as things older people are doing, um, but to know that those that door is open for you to step in um, if there's you know something you feel called to uh, to get involved. Um, and and doesn't just have to be here. It could be something in the local community just in, at large. Uh, but you know some of those that I think of. Um, that I know our youth have had have helped with is is helping hand ministry, um, which we run out of the FLC and um, oh hand in hand hand in hand sorry yeah. uh, hand in hand ministry run out of the FLC which um, does a lot of great work in providing for underprivileged children in the school system um, that I, I think it just is is a super impactful ministry of ours um, and again I'm saying ours but it's Ours as a church, which is the Church of Jesus Christ, is God's work in the world, uh, God's mission. Um, yeah, the neighborhood meal ministry. Neighborhood meal, that's a weekly one. Yeah. I mean, we serve anyone who needs a meal every week. And, you know, I know that some of our youth have participated in that. It was actually started by a high school student. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, and so to think that anybody anybody's gifts are needed, whether that's serving food, bringing food. Honestly, one of the most powerful things is just going down to the Arthur Center and sitting and talking with people. Yeah. And that's something, yeah, that relationship. that relationship piece. And like, you know, them feeling that compassion of this person sees me and wants to, to know me and see me as a, a human being. That's what mission's about, I think, seeing each other as humans. Yeah. But looking for, like, again, pointing back to looking for that, that presence of God in that moment. You know, one of, uh, those are just a few. There's so many. Winter warmth. I mean, we could rattle yeah. them off. But I've got like um, a list yeah. of two pages Talk worth of stuff. Talk to Leslie if you want to get involved in some mission stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, here at First Pres, please, please come and see Leslie. Uh, shoot her an email. Call her. One of the ones I alluded to a little bit, I just want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about was... Uh, Last week ago, y'all returned from a, a week-long medical mission trip, and I mean, more than just medical, but really the main key there, um, to the Dominican Republic, which has been an ongoing partnership. Right, yeah, we've been going down to the Dominican Republic for almost 30 years. This wow. church, again, relationship, this long-standing history of seeing things change, seeing things grow, being part of a much larger vision than just one week which I think is one of the reasons I love it so yeah. much. One of the awesome parts about that is that we had five, six, six youth who got to go on that. Um, Something like, yeah, and, five from this church. Well, and, yeah, exactly. And and getting to uh, hear about their experiences. And I know that some of you who are probably listening, um, but the, the ways that they uh, not just, you know, didn't necessarily maybe do a bunch of medical stuff, um, but to do be on the construction side of things to, you know, one of the, I was talking to Sally Barr and, and one of the things she kept emphasizing to me was, was the power of just being with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and that she talked about this, just like, I, w I guess I was just playing with them and distracting them while and entertaining them while their parents were getting procedures done. Um, but it was, she said, it, it wasn't babysitting, right? It was like, it was mission. That, it was mission. That, it was witness. that yeah. relational work of witnessing to God right there and then. I mean, she she talks about how it was, you know, them just showing up was enough. And, and that before they even said a word, those kids came running up and were just 
excited and filled with joy and smiles to see them. Yeah. Uh, that I, there's so much power in that. Um, in that experience. And I think that's important to remember too, is a lot of times we think like, oh, I don't have the gifts or skills or that's not my thing. And sometimes it's not, but at the end of the day, God is equipping us to do exactly what we need in that moment to still be able to serve and make an impact. I want to say it's Paul. I can't think of an exact scripture, but I mean, that's essentially what Paul says is like, you already have everything you need. Mm -hmm. You already have everything you need. You don't, you don't wait to do mission until you know what your purpose is there. Yeah. God says, you don't wait till you're ready because no, you you're never going to feel ready. <laughs> right. It's like God calls us into that space. Yeah. Whether we think we're ready or not, right. again, we already have everything we need. That what, what we're called to do is to go. And we're stepping into a space where God is already there. Yeah. You know, God is already prepared. We're not that. bringing God. So We're not bringing yeah. God. Pulling that all back, that our missional activity, our witness, our witnesses to the life, death, and resurrection, but even more so the resurrected Christ. Because without that witness, there's no Christianity. Yeah, right? We don't have a religion, a faith. Um, it is in that resurrected Christ that we place our faith. In our mission as a church, we are called to live into that transformation, transformational missional activity of God in the world. And encompassing all of that, what that means is to live a life of love. <laughs> yeah. to live it's with a good, good summary right there. Yeah. Yep. Leslie, any closing thoughts? I mean, I just, I'm thankful for this church, for this, for the youth, for the way that you all um, are part of this. I mean, like we said before, everybody has a gift. And so mission and witness is something that all of us take part in and all of us are able to plug into. So um, just something to keep in mind as, as you go about your, your weeks of knowing that you have gifts to be a witness and don't wait to figure them out. You already got them. Go. That's what others are for. That's what community's for. Um, beautifully said, Leslie. I uh, appreciate all of y'all listening again um, to this confirmation podcast. Look forward to more conversations with Leslie and with other pastors and friends. Uh, we hope that you have a great week. Look forward to seeing you at the next confirmation class. Yeah, thank you. Take it easy. Thanks, Leslie. (laughs) I'm not going to say stay scheming, but yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye.